time for the Susan Taylor Podcast, where we discuss the yoga of mind, medicine, and healing. Author of Feeling Good Matters, Sexual Radiance, and the Vital Energy Program, Dr. Taylor imparts authentic knowledge and practical tools that inspire, educate, and empower us to be a healing force for positive change. So join us and take your life and our planet to the next level. Hello and welcome to episode 143, What Happens to Your Brain During Meditation? In today's episode, I'd like to talk about that, what actually happens to our brain during meditation that's been recorded. We all know what we might feel like after the experience, but some of you had written in and asked me, hey, can you please go over or tell us what are the benefits and what really goes on in our brain? So I thought to really put an episode together today for you. So let's get started on that. So what happens to your brain during meditation? Early research has found that the mental discipline and meditative practice can change our workings of our brain and allow people to achieve different levels of awareness. Science has come around the last few decades and actually can show that meditative practice, and again, there's a variety of meditative practices that you could see in the literature, do affect the workings of the brain. Studies on the meditating brain are, you know, they're getting much more highly developed as a result because we have advances in brain imaging and other qualitative techniques. You know, imaging advances, especially with the use of functional magnetic resonance scans, really has allowed neuroscientists to discover that their former view of that brain wiring is really now not so fixed as we thought early in life as it was, but it can actually change. So it's not true at all that we're fixed once we're born. In fact, they found that the brain has the ability to create new neuronal pathways called neuroplasticity when it needs to adapt to a change in the environment. An example of this is learning a new skill. The brain can create new connections to accommodate the change that has been imposed upon it. And as I said, in this case, we're learning a new skill. So what are some of the changes that have been scientifically verified? Well, we know that meditation done systematically does make your brain plastic. And I just spoke about neuroplasticity, where it needs to adapt to change. I'd like to say, if a meditation practice is done systematically, I've added that into what I've saw in the literature because it's the systematic aspect of it with the skill and precision that will actually create the pathways that are in response to the practice itself. You know, as I mentioned also, it's said that we fully develop, you know, our brain is fully developed as we reach, you know, our mid-20s, but it's really not the case. So being plastic means our brain can change, and that means that our brain's potential is not set at birth we can actually strengthen and improve our brains in ways one science said was impossible. I'm repeating it here to just get people who are not familiar with the work that I'm doing or teaching uh, will get, uh, will feel like they're with us on this. When we train our mind to focus, we know we're happy. Keeping our attention focused on the present, that means accepting the moment without judgment, has been studied extensively for its infusion of positive psychological benefits. And we all want positivity right now. You know, also, when we reroute our thoughts 
from the top down rather than the bottom up. And what I mean by that is when we become responders instead of reactors, and I must say we really desperately need this right now, we have to really be able to step back and respond with our thoughts rather than react out of fear. That's what I'm talking about here. When we meditate and we practice, the top down would mean that we use our frontal cortex. I'm just giving you a graphic here. We're using our thinking mind, our cognitive function, as opposed to from the bottom up, our reptilian brain and our basic survival emotional, emotional processing, meaning we sense fear, we react. Instead, we bypass that neurological wiring and we go and we're able to say, okay, let me step back and respond. And that's what we're talking to, that's what I'm talking about by keeping our attention, focusing on the present and accepting the moment without judgment. Many scientists are now saying, focusing our awareness is where our true happiness lies. You know, understanding that the mind and body are one entity and that the energetic quality of our mind is the essence of life. When we focus our awareness through meditation in a positive way, of course, that's, it serves as a practical strategy for our health, happiness, as well as transformation. So the first, as I said, meditation makes our brain plastic. The second is meditation increases our brain's gray matter. You know, 40% of our brain is composed of gray matter, and that's the tissue found on the surface of the brain, the cortical part of the brain. And gray matter contains most of the brain's neuronal cell bodies, which gives it its color. So it's known for signal conduction, process, and sends information to various parts of the body. So it processes information, it sends information. So it's pretty important that we have gray matter. 60% of the brain, of course, is white matter. I just want to give you the contrast here. And what that's also, that, that protects the nerve fibers from injury. But that's not going to be part of what I'm saying when I say meditation increases our brain's gray matter. But I just wanted to give you the, the contrast. You know, one way of measuring brain change is looking at the distribution of gray matter volume, which does play an important role in our mental health behavior and cognitive functions. There was a study done in 2005 on American men and women who meditated just 40 minutes a day, and it showed that their brains displayed thicker cortical walls than the non-meditators. Now, this could possibly mean, and I'm using the word possibly here, that maybe their brains would age at a slower rate. Because, you know, cortical thickness is also associated with decision-making, attention, and memory. Also note, I had given a talk once on gyrification of the brain. That's the folds, the folds that this cortical region has. And it allows a larger cortical surface area and hence greater cognitive functionability. And, you know, to fit, we're able to fit more brain in a smaller cranium. And in most mammals, gyrification does begin during fetal development. And in humans, it's usually, I think it's the third trimester. There was a paper done by Eileen uh, Lutters of, uh, from UCLA, and it was Brain Anatomy of Meditation Practitioners. And what she came up with, they have found that long-term meditators have larger amounts of the gyrification. That's the folding of the cortex that I just mentioned, which allows the brain to process information faster. 
and that was more than with the non-meditators in the study that they did. They also found a correlation between the amount of gyrification and the number of meditation years, possibly providing further proof of brain's neuroplasticity. So that supports the first statement that I made about neuroplasticity, and now we moved into uh, gray matter. And the third, uh, I only, I'm only going to do three points this uh, episode, is meditation protects your DNA. You know, the main role of DNA in the cell is the long-term storage of our genetic information. And it's often compared to a blueprint, you know, since it contains the instructions to construct other components of the cell, such as proteins and RNA molecules. And when it's damaged, we have all sorts of problems. But here's the point, and it was always interesting. It's The research is not that new, but it's presently within the last decade or so. Telomeres are the protective caps at the end of each strand of DNA that protects our chromosomes. And their job is to stop the ends of chromosomes from fraying or sticking to each other. You know, much like, remember the plastic tips? I don't know if they still are, are the ends of shoelaces? Well, telomeres play like that. And they they, they act like that. And they play an important role in making sure our DNA gets copied properly when the cells divide. So it's known in research, they say, uh, University of California, Davis, there was research done that said telomere length represents our biological age as opposed to our chronological age. Very, very uh, interesting. And this project that they did at the University of California, Davis, they show that meditators have significantly higher telomerase activity than non-meditators. Telomerase is the enzyme that binds telomeres. So it appears that the more telomerase activity we have, we have stronger and longer telomeres. And so what you may say is we know that telomeres shorten over time naturally with aging and shorter length is linked to a number of chronic diseases. So increasing our telomere length is thought to indicate a healthier aging because it protects our DNA. Meditation can increase telomerase, that enzyme that we're talking about, and delay maybe the onset of certain diseases, including Alzheimer's disease. And there were studies done on that where they said maybe by 43%. That was uh, another research uh, paper that was done in 2015 by Dr. Kalasa, and it was stress meditation and Alzheimer's disease. So they came up with that, and it showed that meditation could help increase telomerase and significantly or delay the onset of Alzheimer's disease. So what does this all come to? I gave three points of what we had. We have neuroplasticity. Our brain can change, so meditation helps with that. And positivity helps with that. So even if you're not meditating, positivity will also help the brain change. Meditation has been shown to increase gray matter. We need some more gray matter. I could always use some more. And meditation also protects our DNA. And that's very important if we're looking at aging or disease processes. So we suggest that everyone in our community set aside one or two 15-minute blocks every day for wellness. It's important. And that wellness could be breathing. Or if we've taken classes and you know how to process yourself into a meditative practice, you can do that too. Remain calm is always our motto, you know, consciously aware, living in the moment. And we get that with meditation. It's really about, and we need to do this now, it's really about taking the time to reboot our mind.
bring our mind back home and reboot our whole system. And when we do that, we won't suffer from the fear and anxiety or any of the maladies that are really happening in our environment and in our world. But we could step out of that. You know, we remember this, go with this. Where there's intense darkness, when we're in a state of darkness, there's always duality here on the place on our planet. Where there's intense darkness, there will be intense light. We need to be able to find that light. And the way we find that light is we reclaim our mind and go back home. And that's return to radiance. That's what it's all about. Revitalize your body, reclaim your mind and return to radiance. And it's your true nature. So that's really what it's about to go within, even though it's the darkest time, or we think it's the darkest time. The good news is it's also the lightest time. And we could find that light if we go within. And visit meditationscience.org and take a look at our new learning center. And that's where you'll find the focused awareness meditation class to help you get started if you like. But go to susantaylor.org if you'd like to really sign up for the podcast. Or if you want to pass this on to a friend, that would be very helpful for the community. And that does bring us to the closing of this episode. The book is available on Amazon.com. Search for the title, Return to Radiance, or you can go to SusanTaylor.org and follow the links. And if you'd like to be notified weekly for the new podcast, please subscribe. You can go to SusanTaylor.org for that. You can also go to iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and tune in. Just click on the podcast to subscribe. And contact SusanTaylor.org if you have any questions, comments, or feedback. And I'd like to say again, thank you for listening and thank you for supporting the community. And the Susan Taylor Podcast does come out every week. And again, until next time, remain calm, consciously aware, living in the moment.